Those of you don't Those of you are listening in from some distance, we welcome you to Radhakalachanjidam's Srimad Bhagavatam discourse here on this Wednesday morning. For those of you who don't recognize my voice, I'm Rupanugadas, disciple of Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj. We welcome all of you who are listening in by internet, and I checked the radio this morning. Even those who are locally here can get radio signals from the temple. It's working again. And uh, you can even even uh, pick up the signal by telephone, by making a phone call. You just have to know the number. So we welcome everybody. I'm glad that you have chosen to spend part of your morning listening to some philosophical discourse from the glorious Srimad Bhagavatam, one of our major literatures for studying in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness which has been translated by and given purports by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So this morning we'll begin by offering an invocation to the Supreme Lord to please be with us and bless us. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihare Jai Gopi Janavalla Bhagiri Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Girivaradhari Jashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Jashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Yamuna Tira Banachari Yamuna Tira Banachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunya Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hastotara Sata Sri Srimada's Divine Loving Grace Avoye Charanavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki 
Jayom Vishnupada Padamahansa Padigudaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimadas Divine Grace Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharashi Hila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Kukti Vaishnavanda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Iskan Guru Parampara Ki Nama Charja Srila Haridasta Akur Ki Premzikahu Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhakta Vrindaki Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakun Giri Govardhana Ki Shri Vrindavadam Ki Shri Maturadam Ki Shri Mayapunavadvitam Ki Shri Jagannathpuridam Ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki, Jamunamai Ki, Tulsi Devi Ki, Bhakti Devi Ki, Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki, Brihat Badanga, Transcendental Book and Prashadam Distribution Ki, Natai Gaura Premananda, Hari Hari Bol, all glories to the Asamba Devotees, Hari Krishna, all glories to the Asamba Devotees, Hari Krishna, all glories to the Asamba Devotees, Hari Krishna. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnavadaya Krishna Vastaya Bhutale Shemati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nityanamane Namaste Saraswati Devi Vodapati Pachanine Nivisesha Sinavati Vastaya Deshtam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskrita Naram Chayavan Rautamam Devam Saraswatim Yasun Tato Jayam Mudirayat Nasta Preshwa Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamach Loke Bhakti Bhavari Nastaki Karantarashimur Bhagavatam Ki Jai If you've been listening to classes recently coming from the Dallas Temple, Radhakalachanjidam Temple, we have completed the twelfth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam within the past month or so, and we have begun again uh, in the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the first chapter, and today we'll be reading from text number eight. So if you have your Srimad Bhagavatam copy close at hand, or if you can pull it up on the phone right quick, I encourage you to do so so you can read along with us. We'll begin by chanting... Uh, the lines of the shloka in the Sanskrit. Vetatam shomya tatsarvam tatvatas tad anugrahat bruyusnigdasya sishyasya Guravo guyam apyuta Veta tam shamya tatsarvam Tatvatas tad anugrahat 
Bruyu snigdasya sishyasya. Guravo guyam apyuta. Chance, please. Vedhatvam samya tatsarvam. Tatvatasthat anugrahat. Bruyu snigdasya sishyasya. Guravo huyam apyata. Beta tvam samya satsarvam. Satvatasthat word-for-word translations. Veta, you are well conversant. Tvam, your honor. Somya, one who is pure and simple. Tat, those. Sarvam, all. Tatvata, in fact. Tat, there. Anugrahat, by the favor of Bruyu will tell Snigdasya of the one who is submissive. Sishyasya of the disciple. Guruva the spiritual masters. Guyam secret. Apiyuta endowed with Translation by his, his Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. And because you are submissive, your spiritual masters have endowed you with all the favors bestowed upon a gentle disciple. Therefore, you can tell us all that you have scientifically learned from them. This is a conversation going on uh, between, I think, Somya and Srila Sutta Gosami. And there's a, there, this is at the beginning of a great sacrifice that has been prepared by uh, a large number of sages gathering in the forest of Namisharanya, which is considered to be the hub of the universe. And so the person who is being glorified here is Srila Sutta Gosami. So we'll read the purport now by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. The, the secret of success in spiritual life is in satisfying the spiritual master and thereby getting his sincere blessings. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has sung in his famous eight standards on the spiritual master as follows. I offer my respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of my spiritual master. Only by his satisfaction can one please the personality of Godhead. And when he is dissatisfied, there is only havoc on the path of spiritual realization, unquote. 
It is essential, therefore, that a disciple be very much obedient and submissive to the bona fide spiritual master. Srila Sutta Goswami fulfilled all these qualifications as a disciple, and therefore he was endowed with all the favors by his learned and self-realized spiritual masters, such as Srila Vyasadev and others. The sages of Naimisharanya were confident that Srila Sutko Swami was bona fide. Therefore, they were very anxious to hear from him. And we would, we would change that word anxious to eager. Anxious means uh, usually has some little bit negative connotation about something that's going to happen. If you're anxious about something, that means there's a little bit of dread or fear about what's going to happen. So they were very eager to hear from him. We presume that there was no anxiety there in their, in their minds about hearing from Srila Sutta Goswami. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakchurun militam jena tasma shri gurave nama shri chaitanya manovishtam stapitam jena bhutale Swayam Rupakata Maya Dirati Swabarantikam Bandeham Shri Guru Shri Dutta Parakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Shri Rupam Sagvatattam Sahagana Raganatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha. <coughs> hey Krishna Karuna Sundo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavadeshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasinubhyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sivasari Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Rantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. So once again, we'll read the translation to this text that we're on today, text number eight. And because you are submissive, your spiritual master's have endowed you with all the favors bestowed upon a gentle disciple. Therefore, you can tell us all that you have scientifically learned from them. Srila Prabhupada's translation and purport. So our topic today, we're taking directly from the purport, and that is getting the mercy of the spiritual master. So, in order to have, in order to approach a spiritual master, we need to understand the need for a spiritual master. What, why do we need a spiritual master? This is a question that is often raised by persons 
who are not so conversant with the Vedic philosophy, persons who are just maybe coming into Krishna consciousness for the first time. So uh, one of the reasons that we uh, need a spiritual master is the fact that he is the representative of the Supreme Lord. And if he's a bona fide spiritual master, then he has all the good qualifications of a person then who represents not only the Supreme Lord himself, but also the author of the Srimad Bhagavatam, his, his, uh, his, his grace, his divine grace, uh, Srila uh, Krishna Dwaipayan Vyasadeva. Srila Vyasadeva. So, uh, if, if you're going to know about someone, then probably the best person to find that out, find out details about that person, is someone who is very close to the person that you're interested in knowing. So we have to recognize the spiritual master as the representative of, of the Supreme Lord. Otherwise, how is he going to give us the details that we need to become attracted to the Supreme Lord and to his activities, to his physical beauty, to his spiritual abode? Very difficult to find out the answers to these questions. I was just talking with with a friend yesterday uh, evening about uh, the difference between this literature and uh, the other literatures that we've read in the past. And we uh, there was mentioned in our conversation uh, the the Holy Bible that is uh, read by Christians, uh, Jews, and I understand also by Muslims, that the, especially the Old Testament. And also then there's the Quran, which is read by the of those persons who are of the Islam, Islamic faith. Um, so there has to be a person who is a representative of the Supreme Lord to give us that information that we need. Uh, the spiritual master, one of his, one of his main functions, as has been shown by his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, is that he unlocks the meaning of Shastra, so that we can understand it. If we had just the Srimad Bhagavatam or the Bhagavad Gita or the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, if we had them, even if they were translated into English, they would be a, a bit difficult for some people to understand, for many of us to understand. And we've heard people say who have picked up a copy of the Bhagavad Gita or something else and, and tried to read it and said that it was, that it, they just couldn't understand it. And I myself cannot understand why they could not understand it, especially with Srila uh, Prabhupada's purports there. So it's one of his main functions is to help us to understand what the Shastra is saying. And the Shastra is one of three references to determine whether something is legitimate. Shastra, then there's the spiritual master, and then there are saintly, saintly persons, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. These are, the, are, are three uh, confirming um, authorities, and one must confirm the other. If we ever have any questions about the legitimacy or the, the authoritativeness of any one of these three, then we refer to the other two to help us to understand whether we have an, a, an authoritative piece of literature or whether we have an authoritative spiritual master in front of us. Because without that, we, we would not know. Uh, Srila Prabhupada was walking down the streets of New York City 
in the very early days, 1965-66. And, and certainly, he was not recognized as, as a spiritual master by all of the people who were coming past him. Only a few might have bothered to take notice of this person and even to stop maybe and, and, and chat, share a few words with him. But he was an interesting and unusual looking fellow, uh, but nobody had uh, in, in, in their understanding this, this person, what, what his purpose was, where he had come from, anything else about him. And so uh, all of our spiritual masters, we could say, are similar to that. If they're, especially if they're dressed in uh, Western dress and they're walking down the street, it's practically impossible for anybody of normal consciousness, I should say normal material consciousness, to recognize him. So uh, he helps us then to understand the meaning of Shastra. We learn to perform activities that help us in chanting the holy names of the Lord. So uh, this is another one of the functions of the spiritual master, to engage his disciples in activities. And the, the real purpose of all of those activities is one, and that is to help us come to the point of very attentive chanting, inoffensive chanting of the holy names of the Lord. The spiritual master helps us to gain faith even in the existence of Krishna. Because for many of us, we'd never even heard the names of Krishna until we came into touch with the devotees of ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Narottamadanda Prabhu is with us this morning, and uh, sometime earlier in his in his devotional career, he was asked by his spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, to go to China and help him to uh, uh, introduce the people of China uh, to this Krishna conscious philosophy and the practices of of Krishna consciousness, the practices that help one to uh, chant inoffensively. So uh, once we get to know uh, who the spiritual master is and, and we recognize our need for him, then uh, we need to find ways to please the spiritual master. Because as we stay, as we chant every morning in the in the uh, in the uh, Mongol Arctic prayers, Sakshadhari Tuena Samasta Shastra Uktas Tata Bhavyata Eva Sadbi Kintu Praboya Priya Eva Tasya Mande Guru Sri Charanaravinda. The spiritual master is to be honored as much as the Supreme Lord because. He is the most confidential servitor of the Lord. So if we have, if we've come to the point of being able to understand who the spiritual master is and his connection with the supreme personality of Godhead, then we want to find ways to try to please him because we know that by pleasing him, even the supreme Lord is, is pleased. Yasya prasadan bhagavat prasado yasya prasadan nagati katopi. So, uh, this, uh, the, um, by the grace of, this, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one receives the benedictions of, of the spiritual master. And with, without the mercy of the spiritual master, very difficult then to get to know the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But if one is submissive to the, pers- to the uh, spiritual master, then uh, the spiritual master will automatically, what part of his duty is to help his disciple to come into contact with the Supreme Lord, to believe that he exists, 
and to want to offer him services and then to provide him with a with a knowledge of of what the supreme lord is like and therefore to create an attractiveness in the mind of persons who are coming as a disciple trying to learn something about the supreme lord so one of the ways to please the spiritual master that we learn early on in our association with other devotees is to perform some menial tasks for the spiritual master and one might wonder well then why is it why is it necessary to perform menial tasks why not just uh, help him uh, carry on his you know multi-million dollar projects as Ambarish Prabhu has done and Sri Mayapurdam were helping using his own personal wealth and using his his expertise to help construct uh, the uh, temple of the Ve- of, of the Vedic planetarium and so uh, so we we might say I could never do something like that because I don't have the leadership ability I don't have the technical expertise I don't have the construction background I don't have the money at in my disposal to to provide very much help so if I want to serve my spiritual master then how am I supposed to help him and we found that the spiritual master is is very busy uh, we found that out early on uh, in our time when when we came here in 1978, 79, 80, we found out that uh, whenever His 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 Holiness Tabal Krishna Goswami was around, he was always busy, 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 trying to solve people's personal problems, family problems, trying to help get them interested in and engaged in devotional activities trying to get them to chant the holy names of the Lord without making offense. And so uh, one of the ways that we found out we could have was just doing things to keep him from having to do them. Uh, for example, making his bed in the morning or, or uh, helping, helping uh, keep his, get, his, get his bathroom uh, clean and tidy so that when he goes in to take a shower, it looks like something at least as good as a five-star hotel. At least that good, if not better. So, and to, and to keep the keep his keep his quarters neat and clean, keep things picked up, take care of laundry, things like that. These are the kinds of menial tasks that we learned to do early on, and took great pleasure in doing. And it is stated that devotional pleasure. Uh, I'm sorry, devotional service uh, brings one pleasure. One has to be. Happy and doing devotional service. Otherwise, one might want wonder, uh, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this menial, these menial things for this other person who appears to be an ordinary human being? But by the grace of the other devotees that we have had association with, we come to understand the position of the spiritual master, and therefore we take up these menial duties. To help him in his daily life, his his life is so much taken up in trying to help other people uh, get some idea of what Krishna consciousness is all about. Uh, he's a very, very busy person, so therefore it is the pleasure of the disciples to help do something for him. Because we cannot do, or at least at that time, uh, we didn't feel that we could do the kinds of things that he was able to do. And so if you, if you don't know how to perform a task, then the best thing to do in order to learn it is to apprentice yourself to someone who has already had lots of experience in performing that task. 
and 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 then uh, in that way, that person can help you to understand uh, how to perform the same kinds of things that he's been doing for many years. We listen to uh, the spiritual master's classes. Uh, when he's present, live w- with us, uh, then we get to hear his voice. And, and then when he uh, leaves us, either to travel around the world and preach, or when he gives up his body and, and goes back to be with his spiritual master to carry on some other activities for helping deliver fallen souls from this material world, then we can listen to his recorded classes. We have such wonderful technology now that permits us to do that. And there, the tape ministry that was formed for my spiritual master, Nartoms, back in the 1980s, and was it, it was attended by a number of different people. I remember one in particular was Sankarshan Prabhu, Sankarshan Prabhu, uh, who was his godbrother. And yet his godbrother took up the task of helping to uh, record and catalog the lectures that were given by uh, Srila Tamal Krishna Goswami. So uh, when we when we listen to his classes, then we 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 can understand perhaps more clearly than just by reading on on our own in Srila Prabhupada's books, reading his purports. We we get further instructions on how we can actually put into practice uh, these devotional activities that are meant to help us to get to the point of purity that we can chant the holy names without cessation. Another activity that we can do for the spiritual master is to protect him, because there will always be detractors for anyone who takes a prominent position in any kind of organization. And we found that to be true here in Dallas as well with our own spiritual master. There were times then then at, at which he appeared to be in some physical danger, the possibility of physical harm to his his body, and so the devotees then at that time uh, would 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 go with him uh, in various places, like walk even walking around the block. Uh, Maternat Prabhu is here on the altar, and uh, remember there were times when he would he was asked by Srila Gurudev to uh, to walk around the block with him and even to carry a weapon. Because the danger was it was real and present there, so that kind of protection we have to give him, and then we also uh, offer him encouragement. Because sometimes, um, sometimes it's criticized un- unjustly. Um, sometimes uh, people just simply don't give enough attention to his instructions, and so he has to deal with disciples who are just not performing the kinds of activities that he has asked them to perform. And so if he gets discouraged, then then it's one of the things that we have to do. We have to help give him encouragement and let him know that we very much appreciate what he's doing. And some of you who are listening in have got spiritual masters who are still alive today. So these these words are are really meant for you as well, that you need to help take care of your your spiritual master. Uh, Much of the time, the spiritual master seems to be fully capable of doing anything and everything for himself. But when he is aided by his disciples, then that frees his time up, frees his mind up, so that he can accomplish other things in order to serve his spiritual master. We can take, we can teach other people the uh, importance of accepting the spiritual master. That's one of the ways that we can please the spiritual master. 
is to teach others the importance of accepting a spiritual master. And many of us had the good fortune of, of having uh, other devotees who had already taken initiation at the time that we came into this movement. And they helped us to understand that it was really important for one to take a spiritual master because it's very difficult, even if you're chanting the holy names very purely, it's difficult to continue chanting those names unless you have the guidance and the association of a spiritual master. We can take responsibilities for some of his projects. Now, I mentioned Ambarish Prabhu, who has uh, taken a lot of responsibility for that project going on in Mayapur. In Mayapur. It's a, a hundred and something million dollar project. It's been in, in the works for several years, and it's going to be completed in the not too distant future now, we understand. So a person that can do that now, the, we can only imagine the amount of pleasure it gives to Srila Prabhupada to see Ambarish Prabhu and many others who are there helping him and see that working with the contractors and, and with the architects and the designers. Those persons who are disciples of Srila Prabhupada are grand disciples of his uh, who are there working to make that project a reality. And, we, you know, from the pictures that we've seen, it's just a wonderfully beautiful building that is being is being erected. And the temple temple room floor, it is said, uh, has enough space to house 10,000 worshipers at one time. So these are this kind of project here, and, we, and, and back in the early 80s uh, in Dallas, we had, we had a, a, a farm community that we tried to establish, and even though it eventually uh, did not work out, we, and we had to abandon that project still, the spiritual master was giving his blessings to those persons who were working on that project trying to make it a reality, and when it did not become reality, some people felt, well, you know, we just wasted our time, and we wasted our money. But that's not at all the case, because at that time you were working to please your spiritual master, to please your grand spiritual master, Param Guru, Srila Prabhupada, and, and ultimately to please Lord Chaitanya and Lord, and Lord Nityananda, and even to please Radha and Krishna. So those kinds of efforts do not go in vain. And then we receive benedictions from the spiritual master as we associate with him, associate with his disciples, and and we get we uh, we get instructions from him and such, and and so we learn uh, activities that are really important in in one's life. Uh, one of the things the spiritual master helped us to understand from the very beginning that we met our spiritual master in 1978. Uh, was uh, what kind of activities should we be performing? And uh, ultimately, he asked us and uh, some other families to move from East Tennessee down here to Dallas, Texas, which is not the most beautiful place, you know, materially speaking, that we've ever seen before. And it was difficult to do that, to move our families down here and our wives and such. But, uh, but we did so because we, be, we had already come to have some faith due to the mercy of other devotees who helped to introduce us to uh, Srila Prabhupada's disciple, Tabal Krishna Goswami Maharaj. And so we began to learn the activities that are really important for us in our lives if we want to make progress on our, on our journey back to the spiritual world. We began to feel his presence even 
even though he was absent. Many times he would be away from Dallas. He would be uh, preaching in other parts of the world. Our spiritual master would. And that what the same is true for some of you who are younger, who are listening in now, and uh, you, you've taken a spiritual master uh, more recently. But you, you don't always have the direct association, association of your spiritual master. But we need to learn to feel that he is present with us and to feel that we're never really alone. That he is always with us in our consciousness. All we have to do is direct our consciousness toward him. I remember him saying one time, says, whenever Maya comes knocking at your door, he said, don't look at Maya. He said, turn and look at me. And I find that when I, when, when I'm being tempted by some thoughts or some pleasure, then, uh, then, then the best way for me to overcome that is just to uh, turn my head and face and look at my spiritual master. And of course, I can't do that physically anymore, but I can do it in my mind. And so that helps me to re- remember that the spiritual master is never absent from us. He's always with us. We just have to give him our attention. And the same is true with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna is always with us. He resides in these bodies with us, and his form is Paramatma. And so all we have to do is turn our faces and focus on him. And then we can get we can get help and we can get some relief. Spiritual Master helped us to come to know what it means to be loved. And that sounds a little bit sentimental and maybe sounds a little mushy. Uh, when we talk about love, but but that's because the word has been used so much in ways that uh, that are really not appropriate for the use of the word. I love my car, I love my dog, I love my house, you know, these things. But uh, when it comes to getting reciprocation for love, uh, the spiritual master helps us to understand what the Supreme Personality of God is like. And for Christians, that personality that helps them understand what God is like, their conception of God, is Jesus Christ. The only problem is they don't consider that Jesus' Father, God, has a, has a personality, has form, and one that one can enter into a relationship with them. They don't understand that. But we understand that by being in the presence of our spiritual master and and feeling what it means to be uh, loved and protected, and and, uh, and and those of us who experienced that with his, his holiness to all Krishna Goswami, those who experienced it with his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, they will never forget those feelings of love. And, it, and, and sometimes, you know, it would lead to feelings of, of uh, affection that would actually bring one to tears. And it, this was just something that couldn't be controlled. You couldn't help it. You know, the persons who were in the came and, and when, whenever Prabhupada would visit a center, you know, he would come in and, and they would automatically have these strong feelings of affection for Srila Prabhupada because he in, engendered that kind of love in his disciples. Same thing went with uh, his, his disciple, Tamal Krishna Goswami Raj. We have that same kind of feeling now. And sometimes even when we're recalling, uh, our, our lives that we, you know, the portion of our lives that we got to spend with him, we we sometimes feel those uh, those moods of affection so strongly that it brings us to tears. 
and and it's and that's a pleasant thing. It's pleasant to to care about somebody so much that when you remember them, when you think about them, uh, your eyes begin to fill up with with tears. So uh, re, then, uh, one of the other uh, uh, benedictions that we get from the spiritual master is uh, the empowerment to help others learn to accept his teachings. And this is sometimes a thankless task, because when you're preaching to other people, you never know how much of what they, you're, you're presenting to them they're, they're going to accept, whether it will ever make a difference in their lives. We, 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 we might never know the effect that our conversations, our relationships that we have with other people, never know the effect that, that it has on those persons. I can remember even uh, in in the early days, once before I became full-time dedicated to Krishna consciousness, I had to make a business trip out to San Francisco because the company that I was working with asked me to do so. And I found my way over to the Berkeley Temple. And this was probably in 1977, 1970, yeah, probably 1977, 76, 77, something like that. And I, I, I remember there was, I, there was the Julan Yatra, the swing ceremony that we've got coming up soon that was going on there in the, in the, in the Berkeley Temple. And I got to swing their lordships for the first time. But, you know, I really didn't have anybody to talk to me so much because I was kind of a strange-looking fellow at that time. And uh, and so uh, once I remember when I came out of the temple building uh, to the outside, there was a young man. He was from the Philippines. And he began to speak to me about Krishna consciousness. And he didn't he didn't have the time there in the short amount of time that I was spending with him he didn't have really have enough time to tell me very much about Krishna consciousness. But you know, this is this is one of the facts of my visit to the Berkeley Temple that I remember more than anything else. That the fact that this one young man, a, a very slight-bodied young fellow, would was willing to stay outside the temple instead of going to his home or going going on getting on with his duties. He spent his time just standing there talking with me about. Krishna consciousness, about something that was a totally new topic for me. I, I knew very little about Krishna consciousness. And so uh, uh, that this is one of the things that we can do to kind of pay forward uh, for for the uh, all of the affection, all of the attention we receive from our own spiritual master. Whenever we come across somebody who shows the least amount of interest in Krishna consciousness, it's very beneficial to those persons if we give them some of our time and just treat them like they're real human beings, not that, not somebody that we just want to sell something to and take their money and go and never talk with them again. No, it's not like that. And so we, we learn these kinds of things from our spiritual master. We get, we get the empowerment to help other people uh, with accepting the teachings. And that, that empowerment comes a lot from our own sincerity, our own backgrounds that we've had in Krishna consciousness. And when we share them with a person who is relatively new to Krishna consciousness, it can make a difference that we might never get to see. But we know from our own experience that the people that we've met 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, 
that gave us our start in Krishna consciousness, we'll we'll never be able to repay those individuals. We always feel indebted to them. So any time that we can use our, our own little bit of expertise, our own background, our own experiences in Krishna consciousness to help someone else, this is going to help our spiritual master with his job of trying to deliver as many of the fallen conditioned souls from this material world as he possibly can. Another, uh, one, one of the main qualities that come from, from associating with the spiritual master uh, is that of removing the pride from our own existence, the sense of pride, which, which is actually coming from our identification with our body or with our minds or with the stuff that we've accumulated over the years with our family members, this pride in ourselves, what I've accomplished, and, and uh, you know, the, uh, the, the family members I have to be proud of, sometimes these get in the way of our uh, feeling of, of um, uh, humility. And so we need something to help us to get rid of that false sense of pride that we have that we've developed over the years. And the spiritual master is a really good person to do that because he can help to get rid of the pride that is in us very easily just by pointing out to us how inept we are at accomplishing even a small task that he asks us to do. And then uh, finally we become uh, very much assured of the spiritual master's presence at the time of our de- of time of our own departure from these bodies, uh, and so this is this is one of those benedictions. So actually, I've mentioned here about six benedictions that we get from our effort to serve the spiritual master, and so this very last one that I've mentioned. Uh, becoming assured of the presence of the spiritual master at the time that we give up these material bodies. This is perhaps one of the most important benedictions that we get from the spiritual master. Because otherwise, death is a very troubling sort of thing. We, we, it's, it's like even though we might have a great deal of faith, we've heard about Krishna, we've heard about his supreme abode, we've heard about the possibility that we can go there, Still, we have some, uh, we have some, um, it's, it's not reluctance exactly, it's just maybe a little bit of fear of, of that which we've never really experienced directly. And so, uh, whenever, uh, whenever we leave these bodies, if we have the confidence that our spiritual master is going to be there on the other side, waiting to take us by the hand and saying, come with me, I've got a job for you to do. Then, then we can we can give up these bodies without too much being perturbed uh, by you know having to uh, having to release ourselves from something that we become so comfortable with these these uh, mechanized bodies that we have that are made of material stuff that we've come we've been in, in touch with as as long as we can remember in this lifetime even before we can remember we were becoming attached to our bodies. So the spiritual master helps us to get to the point then of feeling that uh, we don't have to worry so much about uh, leaving this body 
and leaving our family members behind because we know that for the soul there is there is there's neither birth nor death and we will go on leaving after the time that we give up our bodies even after we pass through what we call death we will still be able to be with our spiritual master if we have if have formed a tight bond with him and we have worshiped him for all of our lives and done things to try to help him. So these are the, these are the qualities first of all. Now I want to just, I want to go to an example of, of how, uh, great personalities were advised at, at some point in time to take shelter of a, of a Brahmin, of a person who could become their guide, their spiritual master. And the persons that I'm talking about are the five Pandavas. There was a time when they were invited to go to a nice place for a little vacation, and the house was constructed of very flammable materials, and they barely escaped it with their lives, and they they uh, they went uh, un, uh, unseen by the people around them. They went out into the forest, and they traveled a great distance with the help of of their uh, their brother Bhima. Uh, who was very powerful. So the the five brothers and their mother, Queen Kunti, also went with them, and they they wandered in the in the jungles. And at one point in time, they heard that there was going to be a swayamvara ceremony for a very beautiful girl, the the daughter of King Drupad, the daughter who had come out of a sacrificial fire that had been performed by. A, a, a one particular young man who was a very, very uh, powerful Brahmin. Uh, so this girl, Draupadi, and her brother, Dhritarashtra, uh, came from that fire. And so now it was coming to be the time for Draupadi to have her marriage ceremony, or for to have the ceremony in which she would choose the person that she was going to marry. And from what the five Pandava brothers had heard, even in their exile in the forest, uh, they they were very much attracted to going to the Swayamvara ceremony. So they decided to go, and then Srila Vyasadeva came to them and gave them information and encouraged them. And so uh, on, on their way... I'm going to start reading a little bit from the Mahabharata as it, it is, as it has been uh, retold by Krishna Dharma Prabhu about the Pandavas, and it's going to give us some some instructions about how even a person, even persons as as staunch as they were in their worship, in their relationship with the Supreme Lord, still it was necessary for them to have a guide. And so we began. This is in chapter 9 of part 1 of the Mahabharata. Reassured uh, by Vyasadeva's instructions, directions, the brothers continued their journey the next day with joyous hearts. They walked day and night eager to arrive at, at Panchala in time for the Swayamvara. It was just after nightfall several days later when they came upon the gently flowing waters of the Ganges. Arjuna was leading the party with a torch in his hand to light their way. They all bowed respectfully to the sacred river before walking along her banks, searching for a place to cross. Suddenly, out of the darkness, they heard a loud voice. Halt! Who dares approach this river at such a time? The night belongs to Yakshas, Gandharvas, 
and rakshasas. Only during the first portion of the night, the twilight time, are other beings allowed to bathe. You appear to be human beings. Therefore, return the way you have come. A shining figure emerged from the waters, rose into the air, and descended onto a golden chariot. Clasping a huge bow, he continued to address them in a thunderous voice. I am the Gandharva Ungaraparna, friend of Kubera, treasurer of the demigods. I am bathing here. Not even the gods or demons would dare come to this river when I am bathing. How then have you humans been so bold? Leave quickly, or I will kill you. I fear no one. Arjuna could not tolerate the Gandharva's haughty speech. Oh, wretch! Rivers and mountains are never barred to anyone at any time. There is no such thing as a special time when we are not allowed to approach this sacred river, nor do we care for your threats. Only the weak would fear someone like you. Make way, because we are now going to bathe in this river. Angaraparna blazed with anger. He drew his bow and shot a hundred arrows at the brothers. Arjuna moved with blinding speed and struck down all those shafts, simply with the torch he was holding. He laughed at the Gandharva. Do not attempt to frighten those who are skilled in warfare. Your weapons simply vanish like froth on the ocean when hurled at more powerful opponents. O Sky Ranger, I know you are superior to men in prowess. Therefore, I shall use a celestial missile against you. The fire weapon I will now discharge was first given to Bharadwaja by Brihaspati. Bharadwaja then gave it to Agniveshya, who gave it to my preceptor, Drona. Drona gave it to me. Guard yourself from its power if you can. Chanting the incantations to invoke the Agnayastra. Arjuna imbued his torch with his tremendous power. Angrily, he threw it at Angaraparna, and his chariot was immediately destroyed, burnt black. The Gandharva fainted from the missile's force and fell headlong from the smoking chariot. Arjuna seized him by his hair, which was adorned with garlands of flowers, and dragged him before Yudhishthira. Suddenly a celestial woman rushed out of the water and approached Yudhishthira. Folding her palm, she said, O exalted one, I am Kumbinashi, Angaraparna's wife. Please bestow your mercy upon me and set him free. I seek your protection. And she's talking to Yudhishthira, who was the head of the, uh, who was the principal of, brother of the five Pandavas. The Gandharva came to his senses and sat up before Yudhishthira, who said to him, O Gandharva, who would slay one who has been vanquished in battle, who stands deprived of his fame, who is unable to protect himself, and who is being protected by a woman? You may go. Angaraparna stood and offered his respects to Yudhishthira. He spoke with him with humility. My pride has been crushed by your younger brother. My celestial uh, chariot 
lies burnt to ashes. I had been known as Chitarata, one of the beautiful chariot. But from now on, I shall call myself Dagdarata, he of the burnt chariot. Angaraparna thanked Arjuna for not killing him, even though able. In return for Arjuna's mercy, Angaraparna offered him the divine knowledge possessed by the Gandharvas, along with a team of celestial horses. Smiling, Angaraparna said, This knowledge known is, is, is known as uh, Chakshushi will give you the ability to see anything within the three worlds along with that thing's intrinsic nature. It is this knowledge which gives the Gandharvas the powers that make them superior to men. Angaraparna waved his hand toward the riverbank, and the Pandavas saw there a group of lustrous white steeds. These are the horses I wish to give you. They will go anywhere at their owner's will. They are said to be a portion of Indra's thunderbolt and will always unfailingly fulfill your desire. Arjuna said, O Gandharva, if you give, if you desire to give your knowledge and these horses in return for your life, then I shall not accept them. It was my duty to release you on my brother's order. I cannot accept charity, for that is never the duty of the ruling class. Angaraparna smiled again. This need not be charity. O best of the Bharat race, I desire to learn from you how to throw the fire weapon which you used to overpower me. Arjuna agreed to this exchange, but said he first wanted to know why the Gandharva had challenged him and his brothers, although they were all virtuous men, learned in the Vedas, and born in a noble line of kings. The Gandharva said, O Arjuna, I have heard from Narada Rishi of your ancestors' great accomplishments. I also know your fathers personally because Dharma, Vayu, Indra, and the Ashwanis, and even Pandu all reside in heaven. Although I knew you all are high-souled, virtuous, powerful, obedient to your vows, I never sent, nevertheless censured you. No man possessed of strength and arms ought to tolerate a confrontation in front of his wife. I was overpowered by wrath. Angaraparna went on to explain why Arjuna had been able to defeat him, although he was a celestial. He said, Because you have been observing a vow of celibacy, O hero, your power has become insurmountable. If a warrior engaged in satisfying his desires fights with the Gandharvas at night, he will not escape with his life. Angaraparna said that even a warrior who is not celibate could defeat a powerful enemy if he is accompanied by a Brahmin priest. And this brings us to the point that I wanted to make with this, this little anecdote. And that is a, the, the Brahmin priest. So the Gandharva concluded... Men with learned and self-controlled priests can conquer the earth and acquire every good fortune, finally attaining even heaven itself. Therefore, O descendant of Tapati, you should seek out a qualified priest as your guide. And so this is the reason then that Arjuna and his brothers took a priest. And uh, let's see, where is that? It's just 
just down the page here. They, they, uh, let's see, Angadapurna replied that not far from there was a forest ashram called, uh, Utkachaka. A Brahmin named Domya, the younger brother of the famous Rishi Devala, resided there. They should approach him and ask that he become their preceptor. So here is an example of persons who are eternal associates of the Supreme Lord who are being advised by the Gandharva to go and take this man Domya as their, uh, as their mentor, as their leader, so that, so that they, they would be protected while they're going through the forest. So we've been talking today about this text, and I'll read the text one more time. This is text number 8 in the first canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And it's, the, it's talking to, uh, this is uh, uh, Somya uh, talking to uh, uh, Sutta, Sutta Goswami, saying, And because you are submissive, your spiritual masters have endowed you with all the favors bestowed upon a gentle disciple. Therefore, you can tell us all that you have scientifically learned from them. So we see then the need here to take a bona fide spiritual master and uh, and to receive instructions from him, to serve him in a very humble way, just as Krishna told Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra before the battle began, Tadvini pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadekchantite gyanam gyaninas tattvadarshina. Just seek out a spiritual master, Arjuna, uh, inquire from him submissively and uh, perform perform uh, menial tasks to serve him. This, uh, the, the, those self-realized souls can enlighten you because they have seen the truth. So this is this is what we're encouraging everybody to do. That is, if, if you don't have a spiritual master yet, then get one. Just like it said in Texas, if you don't have an oil well, get one. And so we would say then, as disciples, grand disciples of, of, of great personalities, that if you, if you have not yet found a spiritual master, then uh, uh, look around, take your time, see, see who it is that you can develop a relationship with, because this is going to be a very long-lasting relationship if you're a steady disciple of a steady spiritual master. And if you already have a spiritual master, uh, then we encourage you to take his instructions uh, very seriously, uh, to render some service to him, help him in whatever way you can to accomplish his mission, and you will receive the benedictions of that spiritual master. And so with that, we will end here and uh, offer our obeisances to all you Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakalpatarubhyas cha kripasanabhyeva cha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo nama ananta koti vaishnavrinda ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji dam ki jai, Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. Everybody have a good day. This is hump day, so we hope that you're very successful. Please remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead as best you can. Please chant the holy names of the Lord, 
as much as you can. Hare Krishna.